You got that sweet 5G coursing through your veins? Oh yeah, I'm just shooting the 5G out of my out of my fingers. The targeted ads hitting you differently now? Yeah. Ultimate power. Oh, God. Jeez. Well, it is Sunday night, people. Welcome to the Getting Off Topic podcast. And uh, happy Mother's Day to y'all out there. Um, moms, stepmoms, foster moms, for bunny moms, Nick. Dog, dog moms. Dog moms. All four legged creature, all furry creature, uh, moms of all sorts. And what are you doing, stepmother? What? Nothing. Never mind. Only the degenerates will get that joke. Okay. (laughs) Is this something that we'd have to search later and be horrified by? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Well, uh, since uh, Byron, you got the the sweet 5G coursing through your veins about to Mm, explode. Delicious. Ultimate power. God, that is just the shittiest god damn it <laughs> don't, don't pain me with the prequels <laughs> um and todd you said you got a bit of a headache so we'll we'll try to keep this quick and works out on our favor because honestly maybe it was just me not paying attention this week but i didn't see a lot of news-ish stuff nothing um, yeah, yeah I didn't see a little headache. um but yeah we'll get around to our our latest uh star wars endeavor in, in a minute uh, I guess uh, before I, I guess I have something topical to talk about since uh, we don't have too much on the the plate. Yeah, go for uh, it. In our uh, multi-part series of Boomers Learn Crypto and Other New Currencies, <laughs> I, I decided to dive into the uh, Dogecoin bullshit, and uh, I bought I bought at. <laughs> The exact wrong fucking time. Oh no! <laughs> I bought when it was on the meteoric rise, oh, and then before the thirty percent drop. Exactly <laughs> before the thirty percent, like literally an hour before the thirty percent drop. That sucks. I I bought it like seventy cents, and <laughs> thinking because like everybody was saying, okay, it's gonna hit a dollar today. It's gonna hit a dollar today. I was thinking. All right, I'm going to put my vacation fund in here, and instead of having just a short, quick, like, uh, vacation, I'll spring for a nice hotel in downtown or Santa Monica or something, Mm -hmm. and I'll go to a nice dinner. (laughs) And instead of that, I'm looking at a staycation because immediately it dropped from 75 cents down to like 49 fucking cents within within a matter of minutes. Yeah, so you'll, be, you'll be having a nice dinner at the dollar store. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, off the dollar yeah. drive-through. Yes, but I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of people are going to use this drop as oh. a reason to buy. Yeah, there's, there's already a ton of so, people saying they're rebuying right now. Yeah, of course. And it is. Yeah, it is I mean, I was even. Up. I am generally someone who has avoided the, uh, the crypto, like train, just mm-hmm. because. I don't know. I'm skeptical of any sort of large percentage of an increase that isn't like uh, an interest rate, you know? Um, uh, But I mean, I don't know. This sort of just seems like it's going to be around for a while at this point. Like, I mean, I I wish I would have bought like 
three months ago, but <laughs> not even that. Like Dogecoin was at two cents literally like a week and a half ago. And it's at it's at fifty five cents now. Even even if you didn't buy at the stupid high rates like I did, if you had like original two cent Dogecoin and you sold it now at the fifty five cent profit mark, like if you had like a couple of thousand bucks in there, you're like golden. Like there's one dude that uh, they they had a Washington Journal uh, article about. He had he put a uh, hundred thousand dollars in Dogecoin about. Yeah, but you have to have a hundred thousand dollars yeah. to do something like that. Well, he yeah. literally he literally remortgaged his house, oh, and okay. now he's a fucking multimillionaire because of that. But like, you can never anticipate that kind of crap. You can never, never anticipate a, a giant meteoric rise like this to the moon. <laughs> Diamond <laughs> hands, motherfuckers. <laughs> GameStop to the moon. Dude. Maybe Storm I will just. Buy some because actually I was telling myself if it dropped more than thirty percent I was gonna buy. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess well, it's on I the rise again. It's now. back up to it's back up to fifty five cents per. Oh, it was, is it okay? It was so. down to forty cents per, but uh, we're I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if I talked. I'm pretty sure I must have talked about it on here. But when I bought my three little shares of GameStop during that whole thing um <laughs> uh, i think i bought at like 260 or something like that and then it immediately started falling back down again and it took <laughs> like two three weeks or something for it to, for, get, to get back to where it was just to that yeah and i and i got out with like a profit of 15 dollars <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i was able to like sell immediately and that was that was the end of that and i was like all right i'm sort of i'm I, sort of wondering like a what a responsible amount of of like play money is reasonable to put into something like this you know Whatever you're willing to give up, you know, lose. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a fucking casino. So yeah. whatever you're yeah. willing, like to I could, I could probably lose two hundred bucks and feel comfortable with it. You know, like yeah, that's why I used my vacation fund. It's not like I put any money on my credit card or anything. It's like, yeah, yeah this is my vacation fund, so it was going to be spent anyway. So especially since like I feel like a, now that now that like. Crypto is just sort of going to be around for a while. These things are probably just going to continue to go up. Because oh I yeah, mean... like look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is worth sixty thousand per coin right now. Sixty thousand. What was That's it ridiculous. five years ago? It was barely breaking the like ten thousand mark, and it was like fluctuating really, really heavily. Like I remember at one point it crashed, and it was down to like so a thousand like... coin. 10, 10 times what it was five years ago? Yeah. Pretty uh, much. To have a time machine to buy when it started and just buy, like, I don't know. See, and that's the other thing is that, like, I've been, I've been having this same conversation for five years now. <laughs> you know? So at a certain point, you think, uh, you, you think a little bit of me would just be like, well, why don't I just try it out? <laughs> you know? I don't like the environmental aspects of of crypto coin mining. Well, not all crypto yeah. are mined. Like Dogecoin is not mined. Dogecoin yeah. is. Yeah. That's why I've never. Amount. That's why I've never bought Bitcoin. Is because I, I don't agree with, like the mining. Yeah, same here. Um, but if Doge, I, I mean, I I understand Doge a little bit less than 
was there just a finite that amount that were created? Uh, yeah, so technically the creators can make more anytime they want, but they don't because they know that it'll devalue the currency. I was just going to say, that's a real nice way to manipulate your currency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sean Krinsky uh, turned me on to this one, uh, Pi, and I'm, and I'm set up with him as like part of a mining team uh, while they're in like the <laughs> test phase before they launch it uh, mainstream, I guess. And the reason that it fascinated me and him was that apparently it's the first one that we can mine from our phones and it does not, it, yeah, it gets around that, that heavy duty environmental impact. Um, it's fascinating. So like it just started, drains your phone's battery rather than. No, no, it doesn't. Like it's not sitting there draining the battery either. I'm not, I don't really quite comprehend how it works, but it's sitting there like just the numbers keep ticking up and you know, my, my Samsung 10 has not exploded yet, nor did a battery drain massively. So I'm like, okay, we'll see what it does. It could amount to nothing or I could be, you know. So I guess the formula, <laughs> I guess the formula for me at least then is, at what point does my greed outweigh my skepticism? <laughs> that was me. That was me literally yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And, like, it, and it's not, and it's not necessarily that I'm skeptical of how the technology works or, or the market forces involved. Uh, like I, I definitely have, even when I first heard about Bitcoin, I sort of knew that it would be a long-term thing. Like I didn't think it was going to, randomly disappear i thought it would be very volatile and it is very volatile um but it was more of like i don't know that just seems like another thing i have to fucking worry about <laughs> exactly. yeah pretty much that, that comes to, yeah my laziness outweighs everything yeah like, exactly. i don't have the mental capacity to expend on all of this and freaking out i'm like oh god like it's it's meteoric now i need to keep an eye on the news at all times to grab it before it drops and sell whatever. Yeah, it's like, like it's like day trading it's like day trading versus investing. Investing, you put your money in there, you leave it, you sit, and you forget about it. I am much more interested in that type of thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Day trading, you have to watch it like a fucking hawk and yeah. sell at the right moments and buy at the right moments. That's yeah, why That's why something like a, I probably will never touch Bitcoin, mainly because its volatility makes it a liability. Um, uh, though it has just, generally gone up over time yeah um, bitcoin also, is probably the safest of all the uh cryptos at the um, moment but the environmental stuff is like a no-go for me but like if dog i mean dog is probably going to end up being pretty volatile too but if you get in at the bottom then it's less volatile you know yeah, if, if you can if you can get when it bottoms out at the whatever low price it's gonna remain at because if you perfect. just sit on that shit, you know, even if you bought $200 worth and you like and you bought it like it was supposed to be bought 10 years ago for Bitcoin, that still means that your initial $200 investment, even if it grows by a negligible, you know, 500% versus Bitcoin's like 10 or 10,000% or whatever it is, um, then... You, you've still more than quadrupled your money, you know, and there is no savings plan in the world that can get you that type of returns under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Without, you know, 
without so, interest, ca- like without comp- compounding interest. Yeah. Problem is most people want to get rich quick and they don't want to wait like 40, 50 years for something to, you know. I mean, anybody who understands like the current, like under like current financial investment trends, they know that that's not possible. <laughs> uh, it's so. funny that we're talking about all this because I just saw after last week's podcast where uh, Byron, you went all Jack Ryan on our asses. <laughs> or Tom, uh, Tom Clancy, I say. Um, like the next day or two days after or something, I was in my uh, financial independence Facebook group and somebody from home, like from their living room, posted a picture of their TV and they were watching the Jack Ryan show with um, John Krasinski. And it was, uh, it was a, a freeze frame of him uh, and the caption was him talking about what you need to do is get yourself a good S and P 500 index fund. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because oh. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing is that Jack Ryan is a self in the books, Jack Ryan. And this is why he's like the Republican, like Batman yeah. um, it, because is because he's a self-made millionaire from mutual funds. Yeah. From the stock like- market. Yeah, so I just saw it was so funny. Which like, is like the most Republican-esque hero I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life. Well, I mean, at the same time, it's what I'm doing, how I'm going to, you know, work towards my independence there. But it was just No, funny. no, there's like, it's not saying that those, those methods don't that. work. I'm just, uh, it was just the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just like a day or two after we were talking about it, it's like, oh, there's Jack Ryan saying what's what. I'm like, oh, all right, good on you. <laughs> good on you, sir. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, now that we've, uh, uh, been talking for 10 minutes about this very, very interesting stuff, uh, <laughs> y'all catch that, the, the, right, right after I published our last podcast, uh, Marvel dropped their big, uh, Marvel celebrates the movies. Oh, yeah. Celebration of movies with that sweet, sweet Stanley narration. The voiceover reminding us that Stan is watching over us forever and ever. He's a watcher. Well, he, he is a watcher. Yeah, he's exactly. a watcher. Yeah, canonically, uh, but also uh, dropping dates for Black and a tiny, you know, sliver of footage for Black Widow, Shang Chi, <clears throat> Eternals. And that was the first uh, first footage we've seen of Eternals too. Yeah, so. Eternals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, basically Marvel saying like, "Oh, come on back to the movies. We're movies are back." And making up for lost time because they're like, oh, by the way, we're not just back. We're giving you four movies this year. Oh, my God. Uh, so I was looking at the the like list of movies over the in the next two years. Yeah. And it's crazy. We are getting we're getting like four Marvel movies in less than nine months this yeah. year. Yeah. And we're getting four Marvel movies next year mm-hmm. and four Marvel movies the year <laughs> after that. It's basically like get your asses back into the theater. Guys. So that is that is including Sony stuff too. So. Yeah. So we've got uh, uh, we can run down the list. Black Widow, of course, which is long overdue, July 9th. That was originally supposed to come out May of 2020, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings, September 3rd this year, followed by Eternals, November 5th. And then Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th, which I want to say I'm the most excited for that, really. I mean, I'm, I'm the sure most everything... excited for Shang-Chi. That looks yeah. fucking amazing. It, it looks fun, yeah. I, I'm like not familiar with the 
comics or anything. So I'm not like, oh, wow, they're finally doing this. I mean, I think it's great, but like, I have, I have no context to be excited other than I, like, oh, cool I am very hyped for Eternals because have no. you guys heard the buzz surrounding Eternals? No. So I read this rumor. So grain of salt with that, you know, I read a rumor a few months about two month and a half ago that Eternals is absolutely flabbergasted by the quality of Eternals. Like, well, look at the fucking cast on that, though. Like the, uh, the rumors have from Marvel are it's so good they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold up, Byron. You're starting to sound like every fucking horror movie trailer. That's like this is the scariest movie of all time. <laughs> well, I mean, like, fucking, come on. The director did just win an Academy Award for Best Picture, so okay, and Best right. Director, so okay. I saw like random shots of Angelina Jolie looking Angelina Jolie and Buff Kumel. And um, that's Dude, pretty much that's all I know. Buff, like unreasonably jacked. Yeah, he is fucking ripped. <laughs> like, <laughs> unreasonably. No, yeah. It reminded me of uh, the first time we saw the publicity shot. X-Files for... Files podcast? More like Sex Files Files podcast. <laughs> it reminded me of the first publicity shot for... Um, with Hugh Jackman in The Wolverine. Hugh Jackman! Yeah, where it was just like, oh, I'm seeing like literally every ripple and vein on his body. Holy shit. Or the first time you see Chris Pratt after coming off Fat Community, and then suddenly now he's fucking ripped Star-Lord. Oh, uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, that, oh, that was the Rec. one for me where I was just like, whoa, holy yeah. what? <laughs> Chris Pratt, um, what do you, What? Why are you so attractive now, Chris? Pratt? <laughs> that was. But, Why are you making me so... question my sexuality? Oh dear God! <laughs> I love how now Meg and I we never got on the Parks and Rec train until much later. Like just I, I had ago. like just jumped on the Parks and Rec train. Yeah, so it was funny because we were binge watching it at home, and there's like one season ends, and he's old Chris Pratt, and a new season <laughs> begins, and it's like whoa. And we just watched them back to back. And it's hilarious how they, they did a little sly nod to it in the show, like in that first episode back, where he just kind of casually, he's in a conversation with one of the, I forget which other character, and they're asking him about it. It's like one of those conversations that the camera cuts to mid-conversation. And he's just like, and so you just quit drinking beer? And you lost all this weight? And he's like, yeah, totally. I just, all I had to do was stop drinking beer. And I lost like 50 pounds. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it's like, and that was very in character for Andy. That well, and then they, they had him do Johnny Karate after that, which, you know, yeah, I yeah. thought worked. So, anyway, um, next year, the next four, we got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. March I'm pretty 20th. hyped for that one too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Sam, return of Sam Raimi to Marvel. You know, that's a good thing. Fuck yeah. And by Not the way, that but Strange is probably my top top three. Yeah, there was an interesting little tidbit I saw from um, a little interview from Kevin Feige this past week, mentioning how confirming that Strange was originally written into the end of Wandavision. Uh, he was. There were a lot of rumors about that. Yeah, yeah. So he finally confirmed it in a little chat uh, last week. And he was like, yes, in fact, uh, in the earlier versions, uh, you know, earlier drafts, the commercials that were being broadcast or the original story behind that was that was strange trying to get through to her, sending her messages, reminding her of her past. <clears throat> See, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah. Then, then the explanation that they came up with was 
that there wasn't a fucking explanation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that got scrapped and Strange was originally going to, you know, appear in the end and, you know, come in. And uh, but Kevin Feige said, I forget the exact wording he said, but he's basically we wanted to avoid the we wanted to avoid taking it away from Wanda and, you know, avoid the whole like, here's the strong white man coming in at the end to tell you, you know, this is how you do. This yeah, is how that wouldn't have gone over very well. <laughs> yeah. So they wisely they changed that. And because of that, they had to do a quick rewrite rewrite and for Multiverse of Madness, because at this rewrite. point, rewrite. Yeah, because at this point they have not linked up. So. But yeah, following that, Thor: Love and Thunder, Mason. Yes, yes. Uh, oh God, that's gonna be all kinds of magical. That's the one I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, after that, Black Panther, uh, which officially they revealed the title, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is nice, which is fitting. Uh, July eighth. So um, apparently they're they're doing some re rewrites on that. So yeah, they're that, retooling uh, it supposedly. Yeah, because originally the plan was to just like sort of not really acknowledge um, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, yeah, Chadwick Boseman's death and and sort of. Which seems like a. How do you not acknowledge? Yeah, that seems like a. Well, bad they idea. didn't. They were gonna like sort of. Oh, Poochie left to another planet. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna build a story like, no, he's in the bathroom, but he'll get back to the, the, the fight. Just <laughs> give him a minute, and then the story just ends before he gets. He back had some him. really, really bad nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing little snippets of interviews from some of the cast, and they're, you know, of course, everybody's asking them, "How do you feel coming back to this without him?" And it's obviously very rough. Uh, I think Lupita Nyong'o said something about that whatever how they've reworked the story now ryan coogler's reworked the story it, it really does honor him the best way they can and it's obviously still very <laughs> difficult and strange to be you know back in this world without him but they've supposedly they're finding a way through it so do you guys think that they'll push it back that it'll get delayed probably i'm guessing it probably will uh, maybe. because if they're saying that it it needs it's being retooled that that's a not the type you of language you let let out unless you're preparing that there's going to be a wait because those are the types of things that you deal with like under the radar it's already gone through like three or four different major rewrites because i mean first you have chadwick bosman's death where they were already writing it then see and that's what i mean the the language retooling in that industry is not just a major rewrite. Retooling means they're scrapping the existing uh, script they have and they're coming up with a new one. You're right because I, I remember they used that they used that exact phrase for the Obi Wan show. Yep, we're retooling it. Retooling almost always means that they're doing a page page one rewrite. They may keep initial things from the previous versions, but it almost always means that. Uh, entire locations have to be changed so i i would not be surprised if wakanda forever gets pushed back at least three to six months okay todd maybe you saw some different articles that i didn't see because though from what i was reading i got the impression that those changes had already been completed and now so this this news came out uh like a day or two after that or um the the movies thing came out Okay. And it was specific language that said it was like a press release thing type 
a, a thing where it was like uh, Wakanda Forever is being retooled. Gotcha. And All I'm right. guessing, and it, because there's also been this push recently by people, fans of Black Panther, that it would actually be disrespectful to Chadwick Boseman if they left the role of Black Panther alone. Because yeah, so that's what I originally meant. I originally meant they uh, they weren't gonna uh, they they originally said they were not gonna recast him, but uh, there was a big campaign recently within the last couple of months. Is please do respectfully recast him. Mm-hmm. Don't let the character die. Because yeah, Black Panther fans have effectively not gotten. They'll never get a Black Panther if you just avoid it. You know, like yeah. and Black Panther is such a. Uh, like foundational element of the current structure of marvel you can't just like i like i'm i'm guessing like sure he's a great character and all but there are big that's like that's like if they just never touch captain america again uh, or like like, in hair look look at harry potter when when the actor george harrison when dumbledore died Right. If they didn't recast that character, that would be a completely unworkable series. Well, there are a lot of people who sort of wish they had. Well, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I'm not M- one Michael of those Gam- people, but... I didn't like Michael Gambon's portrayal, but that's, I'm, that's another I'm story. I'm fine with it, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, following that, if you know everything goes according to plan, The Marvels, November 11th, which is the Captain Marvel sequel, Brie Larson should be joined by uh, Tayona Paris, Tayona Paris, Monica Rambeau, and Iman Bellani as Kamala Khan, who we will see soon in uh, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel show. Like I, I, I will is- say that I'm a little so. I mean, I already knew that they were going to be in the movie because they pretty much announced it months ago. But um, I am a little surprised that they're not giving. Uh, they're not waiting a little bit longer. Um, I think it's fine, but uh, I'm just a little surprised. Now, will that you think we'll see America Chavez in this as well? Because I know she's in, uh, I know she's in um, Captain in Doctor Strange. Because she's she's usually a partner with um, with Miss Marvel. Yeah, I I doubt it. I'm guessing there might be some uh, multiversal shenanigans going on there with America. I guess that okay. one will mark the first major film that crosses over a character introduced from a TV series, right? TV show, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess we'll see probably more of Wanda's kids and Strange, too. Um, yeah. But beyond that, you know, Monica Rambeau, Kamala <clears throat> Khan, that's all originating from the TV-verse. So. Mm-hmm. And, Wait, uh, Kamala's I mean, going to be on one of the shows? Yeah, yeah, she's getting her own show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then following that, um, which they've already started production on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We talked about it last week. The the, um, uh, photos that dropped of her in uh, full costume and everything. And beyond that, 2023, we will finally get Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania on February 17th which is supposed to uh, introduce Kang the Conqueror. So that, okay, so that, I'm, I have, I've talked about how I am generally bored by the Ant-Man movies. Um, They're fun, they're fine. I have, I've seen both of them 
well, I guess I've seen both of them twice now when I rewatched them with my sister. But um, but them bringing Kang actually does get me really excited because yeah. Kang is like that's like an old like legendary Avengers villain like since the seventies. Yep, and that's one of the OGs. They've done and they've brought Kang back multiple many times over throughout the years, and there's been some really cool storylines about like. Uh, Kang messing with various groups of people throughout time. There's also a really fantastic storyline uh, in the 90s. I mean, some people call it some fantastic. I like it. I think it's fun. A lot of people didn't like it at the time where Kang ends up actually being an Iron Man from the future. Yeah. Like, in the super far future. Okay. And yeah, anyways, that's a good storyline. All right. Uh, well, this version of Kang will be portrayed by Jonathan Majors, who I am not familiar with, but it looks like he's been on Lovecraft Country, which he's is the main a... character in Lovecraft Country. Okay, been meaning to get around to that one with a. It's real good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, all right, and then uh, past that, May fifth, twenty twenty three, finally, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Wow, Aww. that's crazy. Close out the Guardians. How long? Part. How long between those movies? Will that hit... uh, between Guardians two? <clears throat> Guardians two was twenty seventeen, so it's so gonna be six years. Six years is that the longest between sequels? I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean we're getting the holiday special. Oh right, yeah. Um, but that's probably only gonna be an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you see the Twitter interaction between um, Dave Bautista and James, James Gunn? Gunn? Oh, what? didn't he say that he's done playing Drax? Yeah, this will be the end of Drax. Mm. So. Well, I mean, it's going to be the end of this iteration of Guardians anyway. It's, yeah. It's definitely yeah. the finale for them. And I mean, you know, Guardians is interesting because I really feel like Guardians, more than any other movie in the MCU, uh, set the tone for the rest of phase two or really for the rest of the MCU at the beginning, other than Iron Man, there was no cosmic anything. I mean, Thor sort of, but different tone, but not only that, but at the beginning, the phase one and the first half of phase two, it was semi-serious where there was not that many, like individual characters could quip and make jokes, but the tones were serious. Mm -hmm. But after guardians, that flipped the script where other than like civil war and uh, age of Ultron, like none of the, none of them were took themselves too seriously anymore. Yeah. I think guardians was just a really nice breath of fresh air in the series of Marvel movies at the time it came out, you know, it was just, the tone was just so different it just kind of helped break up the monotony for me. I mean, I, I don't think it was just a fresh breath a breath of fresh air for Marvel movies. I think it was a breath of fresh air for like all movies. Because yeah. there had been it had been a, a really long time since a good space opera had been mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. in in movie form. Like for sure. there were some there were a bunch of failed attempts in the mid two thousands, but failed is the key word there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Guardians was the really the first time since like I, I don't know Fifth Element that that 
there was a really, really successful and good space opera in yeah. movie form, you know? The Fifth Element holds a special place in my heart, too. Yeah, so me too. It's pretty on par with I've, that. I've heard there's a couple it. people who like that. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard tell. Well, I mean, it's largely just been lost one. to time. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I almost guarantee if you ask, like, Gen Zers what Fifth Element is, not very many, many of them are going to know what that is. On the flip side, I found that Fifth Element is constantly playing on TV. Oh, yeah. It's like well, probably because the on. license rights for it are pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's um, on, I've seen it on TBS, TNT, CBS. Or well, if Gen CBS. Zers know what it is. That's the only reason they're gonna they're going to is because they're gonna, you know. Well, I have. Well, seen, they don't watch cable, so. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people, I mean, our age, and then some younger ones as well online, all talking about getting their multi-pass, aka you know their COVID vaccines. <laughs> and uh, there's actually Etsy shops opening up with little 3D printed, like Fifth Element style multi-passes. Oh, multi-passes? <laughs> yeah, that are sized so you can slip your COVID uh, your COVID vaccine card in there. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. I might get a multi-pass then. <laughs> so it is still definitely in the uh, in the culture in the ether, um, but it is a good time to close the book on the Guardians family because Marvel made it clear at the end of that trailer that they're making way for Marvel's first family mm -hmm. to come back home. That uh, sly shot of the very, very recognizable four, the Fantastic <clears throat> Four at the end of that, that video. Uh, John Watt. Still... No, guys, that was just phase four. That wasn't Fantastic I'm, I'm Four. Still, I'm still betting money that uh, they're going to they're gonna come back from the 60s. They're going to just time travel up. Yeah, they're going to come forward. Somehow they got trapped in the negative zone since the 60s. So that would explain yeah. why they haven't been around for all exactly. of the major New York shenanigans. And it'll give you the, you know, the retro futuristic tone. I like it'll, that. Yeah. It'll give them like the, you know, uh, the mid-century modern aesthetic built yeah. in, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they could definitely play with that. I like that idea a lot, actually. Yeah, I hope that happens. And uh, just I use half of the uh, set dressing from one division. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you, I mean, you could start it that they start in the '60s, and then they come back from the negative zone, and it's sixty years later. Yeah, that works. And uh, I think we'll enjoy the tone of it as John Watts, fresh off of the Spider-Man trilogy, will be directing that one as well. Fantastic Four. Yeah, John Watts of Waverly Films history. Good times. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that was it for that one. Little headline I saw for the collectors and the fans of Scott Pilgrim, the 4K U Ultra High Def Blu-ray will be dropping July 6th. Um, Scott Pro. I, I need to get an ultra high def Blu-ray player because I, yeah. I current don't currently have one. But yeah, I was gonna ask you if you if you collect one. <laughs> um, I have not, not yet, but it's on I I, I want to. Yeah. Just because I mean I've already been fucked so many times by streaming services like removing stuff. Hmm. You know. Yeah. I've Occasionally, I get really excitable texts from uh, my buddy Seth down in San Diego, and he is a big 
4k collector uh he's got everything from fucking tremors came out with uh <laughs> of all things came with, out with a suite like uh, i think it's a steel case uh like beautiful artwork like brand new artwork on the cover and everything um and uh i mean there's uh, websites you can go to where they show you the comparison stills and everything and it's it's fucking beautiful um but uh i, I was texting with uh, my buddy seth the other day and he just picked up alien just the first one 4k as well as a collector set of the first three predator movies so predator predator 2 and predators the uh the robert oh Rodriguez. not avp uh, no not avp <laughs> i think it's funny that you call uh predators the third predator movie I, uh, you know, until you said it, I forgot it exists. Honestly, let's let's and, not which is probably that. for the best. That is for the you best. You know, you know what's interesting is I haven't watched that Predators movie since it came out in the theater. I think me too. I think at some point I caught. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but yeah. yeah. And I never saw that um, very horribly reviewed The Predator. Meg and I the, did the Shane the Black movie. It had a lot of good moments in the first half and then it kept going <laughs> isn't that the one with the pianist yeah oh no that's uh, adrian brody that's predators that's predators predators that's the, okay yeah, yeah the second to the last one yeah it, it had moments uh you know and it had a, a decent like a solid like shane black script that's what i was all that's the last thing that i that i saw that Shane Black has worked on. Yeah, as far as I know, I haven't I wonder. heard anything else uh, high profile at all. Uh, so we we're mostly talking about in that conversation, we we're mostly talking about uh, Predator 2 because that's one I haven't seen in fucking ages. Like maybe 15 years ago, like WGN, like daytime TV or something. And like all I remember from Predator 2 is the lots of LA night shots and yeah like two is buildings and shit <laughs> weird but good but good yeah yeah and, uh, it the, is uh, very 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 weird yeah well, but it is good. Up, i i remember the fact that so that one came out in 90 i think yeah and, and in the far was, future of 1997 exactly i love that era <laughs> especially in like late 80s early 90s we had all these sci-fi properties that were like it like near future like the near future dystopia was shining Got at it. that moment where escape was, from new york and escape from la were fucking yeah. perfect movies it was like that like the reagan era of like we need to crack down on crime or else this will be our near future and like, well and I, I, I also I also love that in the, the 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 near future dystopia of LA, it's just really hot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just really hot. Um, random no like, water. That's, that's like the overwhelming thing that I remember about that movie. Everyone was always complaining about how hot it was. Yeah, and the well, and the gangs. Come were, true. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, and the gangs run the place. The whole city is overrun with the street gangs, and yeah. I mean, gang crime was actually worse in the '80s, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. uh, we did get our first look at the Game of Thrones prequel, The House of the Dragon. Couple of stills. Couple of stills. Yeah, that's about it. Um, yep. Very that, Game of Thronesy. Very Game of Thronesy. Yeah, a bunch of um, 
tar no, not Targaryens. Uh, no, wait, yes? No, it's Targaryens. Yeah. Targaryens with all their white hair. Um, I'm just curious how that's going to how that's going to be received coming off of such a bad ending where a lot of people were like, fuck this. <laughs> so I'm curious to see I what mean, the masses will I think it's like. pretty clear that Game of Thrones is never going to be as popular as it was in no, during like not. season four and five. I just don't think it's possible um, because a lot of those people were like crossover genre fan like people like normies who got into game of thrones who are i, I think the normies, highly doubt are going to come back for a spinoff you know i think the normies stayed for pretty much everything up until about season seven to eight like they dropped out i think the biggest drop off was after episode like two of season eight mm -hmm. yeah, i saw some stills of uh matt smith the uh 11th doctor as prince daemon targaryen targaryen with just flowy white hair. And uh, who else here? Oh, here, go. Thank you. Meg's looking at it. There you go. Oh, that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> the main thing I'm, I'm interested in from the uh, the descriptions of it are, you know, talking about how it's mainly focusing on, the, of course, the House of the Dragon, the Targaryens. Uh, they have many a dragon around, so we'll get some sweet yeah. you know, so battle I've dragon action. <laughs> I've actually read the, the book, and it's very much Hot like... dragon on dragon action. <laughs> <laughs> it very much reads like a historical text rather than a fantasy book so so like the silmarillion oh, yeah fantastic. yeah kind of it takes place it's it's easier it's more accessible than that but yeah all right so this takes place 300 years before the events of game of thrones oh good it's more accessible than the silmarillion yeah uh i'm reading That's a high bar to set. <laughs> Series will follow the Dance of the Dragons, the Targaryen Civil War between siblings Aegon II and Rhaenyra, who fought for the throne after the death of their father, Viserys I. Uh, Dance of the Dragons pits Westeros great houses, uh, including the Lannisters and the Starks, against each other and results. So, in does any? Uh, this is what I want to ask. Does any of this come from references in the books, the existing books? Yeah. So there is. Like I said, the book itself, Fire and Blood, and then they mention some of these ancestor characters in the first couple of books of uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, th that's I mean, because I read the first one, and that was like almost twelve years ago. So, yeah. I and mean, from what Meg described to me, well, she she listened to the uh, first several books on audiobook, and she explained to me that there are massive chapters dedicated to the long lines of family history of all these dead fuckers that you don't care so about he, he that nothing that. to the story yeah. now but here's all this info dumping anyway and yep. so now they're making use of that so i read this on reddit uh i think yesterday and i didn't i didn't know this was that um he was his family used to be like super wealthy and they lost all of their wealth who is he who are you talking about uh the author George oh, R. 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 Martin. George R. R. Martin, yeah. Um, he was like super, his, his family used to be super wealthy prior to like the 1950s and they lost everything and his parents used to drive him past their house and say like, and it was like a fucking crazy huge mansion and he said, we used to live here. We used to own this the whole town. So in retrospect, that actually explains a lot of the plot lines in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> 
like all of them because they yeah all like all these like formerly yeah all these like formerly great people who are now like destitute and uh-huh. and like have to like work down in the mud with the people they used to enslave you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right did he lose his hand and then have to fight a bear in a pit <laughs> that would be dope <laughs> Uh, no, he just wrote uh, kids' cartoons in the 1980s. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, Mads Michelson, one of our favorite uh, esoteric European guys when you need one of those. Wait, wait, wait. What if my character had a scar over his eye? Yes. Spoke very quietly like this, but in a way that makes you think I'm dangerous. <laughs> in a very uh, Scandinavian accent. Yeah, well, he, uh, number one, he's in uh, Indy 5, Indiana Jones 5, which we already covered before. But he was, they were asking him about the, the story, if he'd had a chance. And he's actually been able to read the entire script. He went on to talk about how, what a huge fan he was of the entire franchise. And apparently, in his words, the Indy 5 script is everything he hoped it would be. So, if he's got good taste, hopefully that means <laughs> Indy 5 is going to be worth a damn. We'll see. So who, do you remember the guy who played the Imperial officer in Rise of Skywalker? The like... The one Imperial officer in Rise of Skywalker? The, the one who figured out that, uh, what's his name, was a traitor? Oh, uh, I, I don't know his name, but I... I Anyways, think so like, so like a month before Rise of Skywalker came out, he said, uh, I've seen the movie and it's incredible. It's the best Star Wars movie ever made. <laughs> Everyone will cry. It's unbelievable. So I'm going to take that shit with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay. All right. You don't trust Matt. <laughs> I mean, uh, all right. there was also. Uh... He was. No, because he was in Chaos Walking. So. Chaos Walking. Oh, I didn't see that one. That's the, yeah. yeah, and nobody else did either. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, the Tom Holland. I thought that like got shelved and uh, oh, they yeah. actually they they like they spurted it out during uh, in January. Yeah, okay. And it made seven million dollars. Neat. Good for them. <laughs> uh, he was also asked about taking over for Johnny Depp as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts. Um, didn't say much on it other than the fact that he won't be just mimicking Johnny, what Johnny Depp does. It's like, no, this is like, that would be stupid and like not creative at all. Like we're, we're definitely going to. So he's going to be an actor. Is what, yeah. He's going to be an actor. <laughs> he's going to do what a, a, you, a, you hire an actor to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if he just went out and was like, look at me, I'm Johnny Depp. I'm going to get my check now. And he just does like the uh, the Jack Sparrow <laughs> fingers that <Yeah>. everybody does. <laughs> Look, I'm Johnny Depp. What a bad I'm Johnny Depp impersonation of a bad Johnny Depp impersonation of Keith Richards. Uh, well, now they just need to invite Matt Michelson on SNL so he can act that out for us. <laughs> doing the worst Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, the Borderlands movie. Another article about the Borderlands movie. They're uh, rounding out their casting. Gina Gershon is officially Moxie. Holy so. shit, there's a name from the 90s. I was just gonna say, what Wait, the f- she's yeah. playing Moxie? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, 
Gina Gershon, she give me something that I would remember her from. I nothing. I, she, she has a very recognizable. Uh, I can face sort of see it. Well, she was in Showgirls. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, and she's also in that um, Wachowski siblings movie, Bound, the first movie they directed. Oh, okay. Interesting. Face oh, off. Wow. Face Red off. Heat, Killer Joe. Cocktail. Okay. Huh. All right. Uh, I can see it actually a little bit. Yeah. Put some white. Put some white makeup on that face. Yeah, she's. I still not played the fucking Borderlands games, but she's supposed. She's like runs all like the bars, and she's kind of like where you get your supplies and shit. Like kind of a. Pretty much. Kind of a kind of a grizzled personality. Yes, and also a very hyper hyper sexualized character. Well, yeah, yeah, every like scantily clad cosplayer online that's like their go-to to make you fap. Yep, pretty uh-huh. much. All right. Um let's see what else we got. Oh, over in the TV verse. In my uh I actually spent this past week uh catching up with the whole what remains of the Arrowverse, which isn't much, uh, especially with the news that uh, The Flash is losing its original cast members, uh, Tom Cavanaugh and uh, Carlos Valdez, Cisco Ramon, who is like one of the few reasons why I still watch that show, <laughs> um, are officially exiting. They're done after this season, season seven. And, I mean, hasn't, uh, what was the first guy's name? Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Ta- hasn't ta- Tom Cavanaugh played like six different characters in that show? Six he different played... versions of the same character. Uh, oh, yeah, so God. he was uh, Harrison Wells and uh, and the, once they started the whole universe jumping stuff, uh, yeah. he's like... They ran into like the Earth stuff. 2 version of him and shit. They've had like 20 different versions of it at this point. It's ridiculous. And they finally actually in this season, spoilers, they actually killed him off permanently um, in a very definitive way. It's like, no, there's, there's you're never going to see another one of these guys. So he's already made his exit. Um, Did they slice him with a like multi-universal knife or something? Uh, no, he uh, effectively like um, he, he was uh, essentially like evaporated into like quantum energy or some shit to save the day. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Comics. Yeah wibbly wobbly flashy flashy um i was uh, i was talking i was just having this conversation with my sister i've been we've both been catching up with cw stuff and it's uh it's just another reminder how disappointing it is with the especially the very american model of television shows where let's just keep going until we run into the ground and like we get canceled like it just kind of fizzles out also and also with how many fucking episodes that show does a season yeah they still do 22 episodes a season yeah which is nuts um we're i was talking to my sister we're like man it it just it's unfortunate to watch like how after such great heights that whole connected uh essentially justice league that they were doing their version of it on tv and doing those like uh yearly specials and everything crisis was the point where they should have just closed the book on that universe and go out with a bang you know and now it's just kind of sad to see what you know arrow's already been done supergirl is ending after this season um and now the flash it's already renewed for a season eight but seeing as you know they're losing the cast it's gone 
Yeah, it makes uh, I can probably see them just being done after season. Well, eight. it's also because like Berlanti just like Berlanti's foot is halfway out the door because he's now working on Green Lantern with a significantly higher budget, and Max and it? HBO Max is effectively like I'm. They're going to use him to start something similar in on HBO Max. That way, they have complete control over it. Um. They're trying to Disney that shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I am a, a appreciate. I don't give much a crap about the plot anymore, but I, I have to say, I do appreciate this final season of Supergirl just because there it's a final confrontation with Lex Luthor, which John Cryer elevates the screen every time he's on. He is, he is officially my favorite Luthor. Uh, like, of all time, wow. I think. Like I, I never saw Smallville uh, with the. We played him on there. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, um, but he's pretty good. Okay, I liked Michael Rosenbaum for a while, but I mean, actually, my favorite Luther was OG Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman? <laughs> oh yeah. Same. Well, good. I think Michael Cryer gives him a run for his money, but I think Gene Hackman is probably still Don Cryer. Still yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney, uh, did you catch that little video they put out where they reveal their new lightsaber? Their what they the headline was like Disney reveals its real lightsaber, which it's just it's the fact that you're getting a fancy like high quality glow. Just make sure you don't hit it with anything. <laughs> it's an actual like retractable lightsaber. Um, it's 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 basically this it looks the same as those like three hundred dollar replica lightsabers except it's retractable yeah. but it's totally totally flimsy and you can't you can't hit it with anything or it'll break <laughs> mm-hmm. again my uh, my buddy Seth he <laughs> so they can wave it around <laughs> they just can't hit them against each other uh, again my buddy Seth he actually uh, managed to get to Disneyland um, this past week which I guess maybe it's not as difficult as I assumed it was going to be with the uh, capacity limits and everything. You still, well, I don't know. You still have to like, you have to have proof of vaccine. Don't you have to have proof of vaccination? I don't know. I thought that was one. I just just know it's restricted to uh, California residents. Yeah, it's California residents still. still. And it's like 30% capacity. Two of my friends bring their families, Danny uh, and one of my other friends that you don't know, Tony. Well, I guess if it's only California residents and the rest of the world isn't trying to go. Yeah, it'd be easy to get in. But yeah, he said it's a great time to go right now because of that. There's like no lines for anything. Like lines yeah. are pretty much non-existent. And uh, he said the lightsabers that they are selling right now, and he was trying to, he was rattling off all the, there's like a million different iterations. There's some that are like uh, recreations of the actual characters, you know, the the classic ones. And uh and then just brand new random hilts so you can get and you build it and everything. And it's all experience. He's like, I feel kind of cheesy because, you know, it's like I'm a grown man getting a lightsaber, but it's still, it's pretty cool when you go through the whole experience. But still, even those ones, like 200 fucking dollars. <laughs> Everybody likes lightsabers. Any, any time you have like a dinner party or something, one of the dudes is going to be like, is that a lightsaber on your wall? And you're going to be like, uh, yeah. And he's going to be like, um, can I see it? <laughs> And our version of, and and the dudes are gonna play with the fucking lightsaber for like at least half an hour. 
This is like our version, the nerdy version of like middle-aged football fans. Like, hey, come to my den. And it's just like a, just a wall full of sports memorabilia. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was reading that they're starting to introduce like, uh, that you can get all of the various lightsabers that you could construct in Jedi Fallen Order. You can now get them at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. Nice. That probably that might have been some of them that he saw. I just that was know. that was one of the giant poles that was on uh, pre Rona times. Was uh, what's the next lightsaber you want to see featured at Galaxy's Edge? And then like there was a couple of different Jedi, like random Jedi's listed. And then uh, there was the Fallen Order Jedi Jedi's name. I can't remember. Calcastus. Calcastus. Oh, yeah. And then uh, like his his saber won out by like a giant magnitude by like like he was in like 50 percent where everybody else was like 10 15 10 okay we have to i gotta ask now do you have a favorite lightsaber of all time if you got your own to customize would it be a specific characters would it be your own what what color is your blade for me it's Um, a toss-up it's either the OG Anakin Luke blue saber mm-hmm. or it's Ahsoka's dual white lightsabers. Those are good ones. My personal favorite is still greens. Uh, still greens uh, Luke's green saber. You know, once he loses Anakin. I really like that one too. Yeah. The return of the Jedi one. I just, I really love that design and green's my favorite color. Um. One of Cal Kestis's lightsabers is actually probably one of my favorite designs. <clears throat> All right. um, I really like Qui Gon's too. Qui Gon's, yeah. Qui Gon's dude. Yeah. By the way, I saw a Reddit post a few days ago, um, and then I reshared it and made some of my friends cry as well. Uh, just the other day, officially, episode one is was just as old or the same age as a new hope was when episode I shared one that by the way. Oof. Yeah. That was me. Oof. So it's been 22 years since episode 1, which is how old Star Wars a New Hope was when episode 1 went to theaters. Yep. That's oof. <laughs> oof. oof. Yeah, oof is right. <laughs> Uh, is on my side. No, uh, it isn't. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> yep. Oh God. And speaking of which, I guess we should get around to it. Um, Star Wars: The Bad Batch premiered, oh. and well, we've got two episodes of it now. And um, oh, hey, Todd's in heaven. Todd, that, wow. that okay. first episode was a better Star Wars movie than all of the prequels and the sequels. It was a really cool look at I I was at first it took me a while to get into it. Uh, maybe I was just because you know, I was in a weird mood uh, the other day and I was like just kind of winded on episodic television. Just like oh man. Um, but uh, once I started really oh this is like immediately after uh, order 66 mm-hmm. kicks in high gear and just like oh what happens to those clones that did, did you not 
Did you not notice the name and the voice of the little Jedi oh. at the beginning? Kanan, yeah. Yeah. Jarrus, yeah. So we get Kid Kanan, which, okay, cute. <laughs> um, I, I have to see more of it to see. Now, is, this, is this a limited series or is this going to be an ongoing, however long? I don't think so. I think it might be a limited series, but I think there there may be multiple seasons. But it, I, I so think it's got a finite. Age. I definitely will say that I uh, I was very I was very impressed. I actually um, uh, I I don't know why, but my expectations were just like not very high, um, and it was really really good. I was really I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, I, I felt a little conflicted on it. And this is just me personally because I, I expected to be more excited about it uh, or fulfilled by it. And after the first first episode, it's kind of like, okay, I enjoy the characters. I'm glad that they're focusing on these characters because these are fun guys. I mean, even though it's just you know, it's D. Bradley Baker talking to himself. Though <laughs> um, so, I think they but, actually have I think they actually have different vo- voice actors voicing the main cast. Yeah. Uh, but part of me is a little conflicted because I don't really see, I don't really feel the need to go back to the Clone Wars again after they stuck the landing so well. well it's not the Clone Wars we're anymore. Post Clone Wars now. This is now Imperial era. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the transition. This is era. the this is the Galactic Civil War. Yeah, yeah. This is the beginning, the very very beginnings of the rebellion. We saw Saw Gerrera. We see yeah. them introducing which, controls which I've always thought over. is the most interesting era. I think the two most interesting eras of the Galactic Civil War is the very beginning and the very end. And it's also the least covered in Star Wars EU for some fucking reason. There's almost no well, books and comics. Not at in the this very era. beginning. Because uh, we have Solo and Rogue One. Yes, well, we have those, but and I'm talking rebels. about like in the original like <laughs> legends novels that came out. I, I sure, know they're yeah, no. It was largely longer. avoided. Yeah, that was that was the one era that Lucas said no, you're not allowed to make books in. Is the time between these the the the, the prequels and until the they original. did until they did. Well, that they didn't because it was like, no longer under Lucas' control. Is when they started making stuff in that era. No, I mean because there were like comics like. Star Wars Rebellion, and uh, in the 2000s, that rule started to get lifted. I'm sure that I'm pretty sure that's Disney era still. I think that's post Lucas era. No, Star Wars Rebellion was a, a Dark Horse comic that ran from like 2001 to like 2007 or so, okay. and that that covered the Galactic Civil War, but that it was also an anomaly. It was one of the only stories from that time period that they were telling. Remember when the Star Wars timeline used to be just before the Battle of Yavin and after the (laughs) Battle of Yavin? (laughs) And now we're just, we've been slicing this same slice of pie in half and half and half over and over and over. (laughs) Into different eras. It's still, the metric is still uh, BBY. So that's still the like galactic calendar is BBY. All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but uh, i'll i'll have to see more before i i don't know uh, i i guess i'm gonna have to let it grow on me there were there were great moments 
I love all the back and forth between them. I enjoyed the dynamic, how one of them, uh, what was it? Crosshairs, how he still has that programming, that bit of that programming that's holding him. And that was, that was a cool little, Oh man, that's going to blow up. Um, well, he said the, he, he said the line, good soldiers follow orders. The moment he said that I was like, Oh fuck, here it goes. Yeah. Um, and you said so, before, one of you guys said before, um, Echo, actually, the last time we see him is in Rebels. Along I think he's, with, yeah, along I with, think he's uh, one of the, one of the three clone troopers that are, is with Rex on the ATST. With old Rex. Okay. Or so, ATPT, I think it is. So if we're remembering that right, then uh, we at least know he ends up sticking around, he ends up seeing it through. Uh, the rest of them, uh, the leader, what's he did? He just straight up looks like solid snake. Hunter. Hunter. Hunter yeah. It really makes me want to. No, he's have, definitely, he's got like major solid. Snake he should be David Hayter. He should be voiced by David Hayter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, okay, this is just a very quick aside. I did not know this. It's something that I thought is cool. Uh, I didn't realize that David Hayter is half Japanese. I did not no. know that either. I just, found that out recently yeah. anyways that's it the more you know yeah that's cool um the uh the little girl the the omega omega yeah so star wars so they gotta have i really liked her a lot i really anytime she was on screen i was just like oh cool i wish they would have like talked more about why she like how or why she even exists i guess like you find that out eventually that she's a right, genetic yeah. anomaly like they are but have you already seen some of the speculation? No. Online? I'm avoiding that. So it's not, I mean, <clears throat> the most prominent speculation that I read was that she's a Palpatine clone. Okay. They've huh. been trying to make seven or episode nine make sense. <laughs> Good so... fucking luck with that. <laughs> They, they've, they've already started it in, in the yeah, comics. There's a, Chris, with the... there's a Chris Wendig yeah, thing that he's working on, too, that's trying to explain it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, All right. So that, that, that makes sense to me. I, I can believe that. And she kind of, uh, her, her well, facial I, structure kind of. I'm going to let them know of... that there's no fucking chance that's ever going to happen, but sure. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, Byron, you said you didn't get around to episode two. Uh, I'm like halfway through it. Oh, okay. So you know they end up meeting up with, uh, uh, not not Rex, but uh, the uh, the deserter, the uh, yeah. that we last saw in Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, where I'm at, they're like hanging out and um, they're trying to get off world. Yeah, and and that's something that I really liked is seeing how this you know, the the creeping arm of fascism has already like gotten its tentacles in this deep. You know, like. I mean, I will say the bureaucracy seems... starting already. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. bureaucracy is already starting, and that's and that's something that I really that's something that I like about this era, um, is that that is where all, a lot of the parallels to fascism that Lucas wrote into the original trilogy itself, uh, that's where it was, you know, rooted in, and we haven't seen a lot of like the daily life in the galaxy under imperial rule other than like rebels but rebels rebels is good and i like it but i feel like it toned that stuff way too down 
it, it made it like this stuff is like barely functional at the kids cartoon story level for like the horrors of fascism you know <laughs> uh I'm, I'm i'm sure it's something that andor is going to cover a lot better um and uh it's why i'm looking forward to that show but this is a really interesting part because this is the point at which how does a peaceful like dem democratic republic turn into uh, a surveillance state mm -hmm. yeah. it's yeah it's interesting to see all the the incremental changes all the little policies that uh that get implemented like the you know needing the, uh, the chain the, code the chain code yeah to, to fly anywhere to be identified and whatnot and i think that's and a direct rip from solo as well because that it wasn't that the big plot point at the beginning they were trying to get off world and they couldn't yeah mm. yeah, yeah i mean and right. that's all yeah and that's a, like uh literally during world war ii to be able to you know go from one place to another you had to have papers you had to you had to have a a license to get from one place to another so that they could track people so that you know you couldn't have mass movements of people from one place to another that could possibly disrupt your order mm. there was a moment i can't remember what triggered it but uh the big clone big tank of a dude uh, wrecker. wrecker yeah he responds to something where he's like oh maybe this empire thing ain't so bad i don't oh, know yeah what the moment um, was but it, it triggered in my head like oh this is an interesting moment to capture this whole transition into the empire and how when this sort of transition takes place how you have how you can have all these different attitudes about it like how you know many people who are very well meaning could just see some things as a as a positive as a benefit like oh more law and order or something great terrific like hey this empire ain't so bad right on and just the interesting way how the like you said the fascism sort of takes over and in Creeps a way up on you doesn't it's not always in a bombastic way sometimes it just yeah creeps up on you i also thought it was interesting in the first episode how um we've never really gotten like a canical explanation for how or why the switch over from uh clones to conscription happens mm -hmm. um i still don't really get why because i feel like having um, a faceless army that obeys all of your commands at all times would be a lot better than constructing an army. So it's, um, the, it's called the, uh, the Tarkin doctrine and it's, it's, it's explained a bit in some of the legends novels. It's, it's, well, I read Tarkin. Yeah. The book. It's, it's a couple of the other novels as well, but it's, it's mostly, it's the overwhelming force so and the expendability. So if you get your enemies to to believe your bullshit then anyone will yeah so not only that but it's just the every piece of the empire is expendable every tie that's why tie fighters don't have hyperdrives, don't have shields yeah but that's you know why... what are expendable clones clones but they're more expensive for conscripted okay, troops just you... trying to save a buck man he's he's got he's he's a good financially, uh, financially, fiscally conservative man. Uh, okay, I mean, the I, they are well, spending the like a bajillion dollars on a fucking Death Star. 
So I well, guess that, that, that was sense. to get rid of that was to get rid of. The and local. you know the old government adage: Why have why build one when you can build two at twice the price? <laughs> Tarkin's trying to get a deal, man. <laughs> He's clipping coupons. <laughs> hey, those Death Star super lasers don't come cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so now we need whole... we need like oh. a old uh, like Cal Worthington Dodge style commercial. <laughs> <laughs> just like different super laser models <laughs> here's one for 49.95 <laughs> this one's got the biggest kaba crystal in the galaxy oh man this one runs on dark magic <laughs> and this one is just a laser and no exoskeleton <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a it's a solid start it had a lot of good uh, both the two episodes had a lot of good promising moments again I'm just I'm I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm in a mode right now of like craving fresh content from different franchises or something. Maybe I'm a little winded of another Star Wars spinoff right now. I mean, I definitely like, of course, I'm going to eat up Mando season three when it comes around. Um, but I mean, uh, Megan, I actually just started um, Avatar The Last Airbender because she's never seen it. And I realized once we started watching episodes, it's been so long for me that I barely remember anything from it. So I'm kind of enjoying it. And I haven't watched it since they HDified it. So I definitely, uh, I definitely should go back and rewatch it. Cause the last time I watched it was on like, like fucking four, three DVDs. Yeah. I grabbed a, a quarantine sale on Amazon for the, uh, the special Blu-ray set that uh, Avatar mm. and Korra. So we're running through those. And I uh, never finished Korra. I, I watched the beginning, but I never finished it. Oh, it's good times. I think... Well, because they, like, fucking pulled it off... They fucking pulled it off Adult Swim before it was even done. Oh, they really? aired the, the last six episodes only on adultswim.com. Huh. I was so fucking pissed. Jesus. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Damn. They burned them... Yeah, and then they burned them all off in, like, one weekend. A, Adult Swim does that with shows that they don't have faith in they'll just burn off all the episodes at like a 2 a.m. time slot or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're uh, enjoying that. Um... I don't know. I am. This, this weirdly enough, Bad Batch actually felt fresh to me. It didn't feel like warmed over Clone Wars content. It felt like, it felt like a new show. Um, I think it helped that they've like very significantly streamlined the um the cgi work like it looks phenomenal now it looks like amazing yeah it's a it's beautiful the uh the, i guess you call it cinematography even though it's all in the computer but it's a, a wonderfully shot series yeah i mean yeah. the art direction <laughs> behind it is brilliant i mean yeah they've also been it's the same production team that's been working on this show for the last you know 10 years so so they they've uh honed their their craft significantly Um, oh yeah just uh go back and watch uh like the first episodes of clone wars and then jump to (laughs) the bad batch oh yeah even the final it is like night and day yeah (laughs) well and also that was that was really before they realized that this wasn't a kid show before they realized it was a kid not a kid show Mm. like that those that first clone wars movie is like fucking hard to watch 
Well, we were kind I of. I haven't. I haven't watched the original movie it's since. Not yeah. good. It is not good. Oh, that, it's, it's embarrassing how bad it is. It's very rough. But we were uh, kind of having a similar conversation uh, because, again, sorry, not to pull it away from Star Wars, but uh, Meg posted uh, on like her IG story, like, "Oh, we're you know chronicling the beginning of Avatar, our next big binge series," and her sister text her like all excited like oh my god you're like you're gonna love it it's so great blah blah blah. and she was explaining to her the similar dynamic of i think we've might have discussed on the podcast before regarding stuff like clone wars and and some other like kids shows they start out as kids shows and then just naturally the writing develops over time and they tell more complex stories with these characters out of necessity and they become like you kind of grow up with them or I I know like kids have definitely grown up with them adventure time was very much the same way like they had this kind of like that show was I remember when when I had friends like getting turned on to it and like it was all over comic they like took over comic con and uh, like Meg and I were like what the hell is this and it to me it just like flipping channels like something like adventure time just looked like scribbles and nonsense and then by the time you get to season fucking seven, eight, nine, ten, you're like crying over these tragic characters' backstories and and just like the the shocking depth behind those bright colors and squiggles. <laughs> I mean, the well, first show you, that you I kind of have to because like you 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 mentioned it in your your little speech there, the the majority of your audience was kids at the time when you started the show. But by the time you're reaching the end, nearing the end of the show, they're all adults and you need to keep that core audience still engaged. Yeah. And uh, that's what kind of getting to with uh, uh, Meg's sister was telling us, she was telling her like what to expect from this show. And she said like, it starts off very like little kiddish um, and that then like grows from there. And I mean, in reality, it's it's like a show about this, like this giant war or like the or the scattered people who have been affected by this war and all the, you know, their tragic backstories and the people they've lost and how they're trying to save the world and everything. So the the main narrative inherently demands you get into grittier sort of stuff, sort of storytelling. And yet still you have a lot of like silly goofy little kid moments with you know ang the avatar the savior of the world still it still also appeals towards kids because he's 12 years old and so he does silly shit and makes mistakes like a kid does and then you know learns lessons along the way and etc cetera, etc cetera. just like throughout the clone wars you know anakin did or well mainly ahsoka did through the clone wars show proper I mean, the first the show that that I that I grew up with that that was the case with that was Batman the animated series. I mean, like yeah, that show. I mean, it's it's almost like that show didn't even start as a kid show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was. I watched it as a kid, and I totally loved it as a kid. And it wasn't until I got older, and I always knew, and that's why I was so obsessed with it was because it was really good. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized how good it was that it was actually better than I remember, which is crazy. It is very, very, very few times in media that something is actually better than you remember. It's usually yeah. the opposite. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people, uh, watch cartoons because they're awesome. They are indeed. One uh, last thing I, I wanted to mention. Um, I, uh, I started... 
I, I am going back into this, the Marvel Star Wars comics because I have Marvel Unlimited. And um, I'm going because I stopped reading during Jason Aaron's run on the first Star Wars volume because it just started to not be super great. Um, but so I skipped to the end of Jason Aaron's run and I started with uh, Kieran Gillen's run. And let me tell you, it is like a whole different comic, mainly because it's written by a completely different person. Um, but it is dramatically better um, to the point where like, it's so good that I'm like, wow, you guys should read it because <laughs> it is that good that I'm like, other people need to see this because Jason Aaron's run was like good, but it was like campy and, and like, just like inconsequential. It's like, why do we even care about these stories? They're, they're effectively meaningless, but Kieran Gillen's Star Wars comic is phenomenal. This is the, the comic run that started when? Uh, the 2000, so it's the same volume. Uh, as the 2015 Star Wars comic. Um, okay. uh, in fact, volume one only ended in 2020. And then they, volume two started. And volume two, so volume one ends with Empire Strikes Back. And volume two takes place immediately after the Empire Strikes Back. Gotcha, okay. <clears throat> and I've also heard that the new Star Wars comic volume two is also fantastic. Mm. Um, volume one ends uh, with Greg Pak, the same guy who's doing the um, Firefly comics. I've heard that Greg Pak's run starts off really not great, but the last third that leads directly into uh, Empire is also really good. Add it to the list. <laughs> Todd, I just saw what you shared in the chat a while back. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I wanted to 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 bring up our uh, friend Sebastian uh Sebastian Stan from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and uh his new project, it looks completely fucking insane. <laughs> I don't even understand how this got like greenlit. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so it's a comedy show, and both in both Pam and Tommy are not involved in any way. What? <laughs> Again, but, they gave how you the fuck did this happen? But the transformation, the photo transformation of these two is insane. Mm. Like Lily James looks fucking identical to 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 nine, late nineties Pam. Uh huh. So Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee and Lily James as Pamela Anderson, and yeah, holy shit! What would I, Lily James look at that? Fo- look at that fo- baby driver. She's the girlfriend in Baby Driver. Oh, got it. All right, Meg. Look at that photo of her as Pam, and tell me that's not fucking Pamela. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty damn close. <laughs> And then Sebastian Stan, that fucking Instagram shot of him in front of the car. <laughs> it's just, oh man, it's so bad. Which, <laughs> wait, which one? 
shot from uh, Sebastian Stan's Instagram. Uh, it's him as Tommy Lee, little character get up and sitting in front of a car and flipping off the camera. And uh, man, it's <laughs> giving his best douche face. <laughs> it oh, is God. so Tommy Lee. Oh, my Lee. God. Yeah. That's horrifying. Oh, wow. Well. I don't know if I'm going to have to wa- be able to watch this. Sheer morbid <laughs> curiosity. Mate. Now, so they're so the real Pam and Tommy are not involved in any way, but they're getting away with, or they must have okayed this. I'm guessing. Yeah, because the like likeness rights and stuff like that. Yeah, I have no idea. I have mm-hmm. no idea. I know it's based off of one of their biographies. So, mm-hmm. um, I wondered. Uh, wonder if they need likeness rights. I don't know. So it's officially called Pam and Tommy, and it's been ordered to series since December. Seth Rogen is involved. Nick Offerman. Oh, Andrew yeah. Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, okay, so it's so it's based around uh, the the sex tape and the stealing of the sex tape. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it'll probably be a, a short run series with a yeah. specific arc. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's that. That exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a. That's about all the all the news I had. That's all I got. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna wind down here. Uh, Byron's gonna need some. Yeah, I need to let my 5G uh, seep into the airwaves. Yeah. Need to <laughs> let that settle. Uh, with a good uh, a good night's rest, and uh, I got more egg rolls to consume I, here. Yeah, yeah, if I don't, I'm just gonna be like fucking up the the, the airwaves. Yeah, the airwaves in my area. You're gonna have a few Karens knocking at your door. How will Bill Gates know exactly where I am if I don't have a microchip built into my body? That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> hmm, how could he ever do that? <laughs> don't know. Don't know. I'm going to text and, and ask around. See, maybe I can get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll receive your text. And you, <laughs> I'll send you a, a, a GPS location in, in, in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, could you do or that? For those in the uh, podcast universe, he's, he's uh, very obviously holding the camera to his, or the phone to the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, okay, one last thing. Of course, we do this and talk. One more thing. We do this and talk for another fucking half hour. But I am royally pissed once again at streaming service exclusivity because I just found out I'm the last person to know about Rob McElhenney's Mythic Quest on Apple. Yeah, how have you not known about this? Because I don't have Apple fucking TV. Fuck Apple TV. God damn it. Now I have an iPhone or an Android. Yeah, I have. I'm Android. Fuck Apple. I, I'm yeah, no. Android. This is not an Apple household whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not an Apple. Stupid. My si- the only reason I have access is because my ex girlfriend had it, and my sister has an iPhone. So yeah. So anybody out there who's been living under a rock like I have, um, and Mythic Quest is good. Yeah, that's like, what I've been. Seeing. Well, I've been had, seeing a bunch of uh, headlines. It had the best TV. quarantine episode of like COVID episode of anything. Yeah. So is this essentially like Grandma's Boy the series? I mean, it's video more serious than that. It's more right. like um, the office in a video game development. It's, it's more like Silicon Valley. Okay. All right. All right. But yeah, it's like, I just it's like if Silicon it. Valley was a little bit 
more irreverent. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Is Charlie Day in it or just producing? He's just a writer. Okay, yeah. So I would imagine that they'll eventually introduce some character that he plays. Yeah. Because so, it's, uh, also, uh, it's also um, got uh, fucking rickety cricket in it, too. Um, oh, cricket. Cricket. Yeah, cricket. The pastor? The, the homeless, crack-addicted yeah. crack pastor? Yeah. <laughs> that actor was also in Good Girls as well. He oh, okay. also played a sleazeball gross character. <laughs> Not like a cricket gross. And then it also has um, uh, the actor who played uh, um, Abed. Oh, Dan- oh Danny cool. Pudi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, F. Murray Abraham. Holy shit. Yeah. Weirdly enough. <sighs> and then the voice actress who played, who was in Gone Home and uh, what else, Todd? Gone home. Life is strange. I don't play the the walking simulator like story for story games. All right. Well, those are both really good games, and you should play them. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. So for those of you out there who have Apple TV, um, season two of Mythic Quest is is up right now, and uh, go watch it, and I will live vicariously through you. Uh, all right, Meg and I have. Uh, Gotta finish up getting ready for our little uh, desert camping trip tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, going out to Joshua Tree. Ashley Birch, that's her name. She's in Horizon. She plays Alloy in Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh. Uh, she oh. plays Tiny Tina in Borderlands 2, Miss Pauling in Team Fortress 2, um, Mayuri Sheena in Steins Gate, Chloe Price in Life is Strange, Sasha Blouse on Attack on Titan. She's in Fortnite, Valorant. Uh, she plays Parvati in Outer Worlds, so she's in a lot of shit. She's done a thing or two, and she's she she's an she's uh in the show. She she's not you know, she's not a voice actress. She's a she's a real life actor in the show. No, I assume she was just gonna be a disembodied voice. So she'd be she would be in there like animated. Oh, and she was a writer on Adventure Time. Oh wow, wow. So what's your camping plans, Tony? Uh, just an overnight. Um, unfortunately, that's all we can do at this point with uh, an elderly pet who needs meds. Uh, so we've got somebody coming by to uh, to uh, give poor little old Z her nighttime medicine. Um, but are yeah, you, just overnight to uh, Joshua Tree uh, Black Rock Campground. Are you roughing it in a tent or are you glamping with a cabin? No, it's a it's a tent. You just go up to like a you know little dirt spot and uh, you know drive on up and you know set up your tent. They've got a little picnic table, a little um, fire pit, and you do the rest. Um, this is one. Of, there's there's multiple campgrounds through that whole Joshua Tree National Park, which is fucking huge. Uh, but this is one of the two that's uh, recommended for beginners because there are flush toilets. So we will not be <laughs> shitting in a hole in the ground. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, we've got, you know, we've got a nice big tent and just uh, overnight supplies. We'll just be roasting hot dogs and s'more stuff. Nice. Watching the stars away from the city lights. So that'd be nice. Us city slickers. You actually get to see stars out there. I think uh, Joshua Tree is one of the only places in California that has certified dark skies. Yeah, which is an area 
that's considered no light saturation. Oh, nice. The last time that we were able to catch a glimpse uh, of like pure darkness, pure darkness uh, was on our way driving to Meg's mom's in uh, Memphis. in Memphis. So it's a straight shot across like the 10, 20, 30, 40. But we crossed through uh, it was like Arizona. Arizona or New Mexico, like reservation territory. Uh, the highway just goes straight through. And we stopped at this random little pit stop just to like eat some sandwiches or something and stretch our legs. And it was pitch, but I forget what time it was at night. It wasn't that late, but it was, it was just out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And so it's pitch, pitch black. You could see every star in the sky. It was gorgeous. And unfortunately, I had to shit like a motherfucker. <laughs> I was holding it for so many miles already. And I was like, we could only like make it stand out there and enjoy it for like, 30 seconds to a minute before I was, I was like, we got to go. I'm sorry. I was kind of pissed <laughs> because I had never seen a sky like that in my entire life. It was just, if you ever wondered what life would be like looking at a sky without lights, yeah. that was the moment. It was and beautiful. Then Tony like had to. Does a bear shit in the woods? Yeah. Was I like... asked him, I was like, Tony, just go in the fucking bush. I do not want to leave. And he refused. There were other people. I almost no, did. There's not we... anyone else out there. There were other people there. Yeah, it drove up right as you were talking. Anyway. <laughs> uh, y'all don't need my shitting stories on the podcast. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, we made it to a loves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, guys. Thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. Hey, Meg. Go get your 5G on. Uh, get vexed. All right. Bye. Bye.